Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. That's Brendo. We're back again. Back really again. quickly. I know. Well, maybe it depends on when you get it out. That is true. I've yeah, yeah. Published that last one, but we have we've, we usually do weekly, and we've just we're going to do two this week. Well, we're kind of making up for lost time too, because I think we had a couple of spots where we've just done one every two or three weeks. We're getting pretty slack. You well, sorry, I'm getting, getting pretty slack. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> um. So, but there's a reason. So there's a reason why. Um, worth pushing to this week. Do you want to explain the reason? Um, other than the fact that it's Sunday night at eight o'clock. Oh, well, that's and true. And I'm tired. Also, that's true. But we've got we've got a time difference issue. Yeah, yeah, we do. Because we have a guest. We we do have a guest again. Um, I know it's good. It's good. Um, so we have um Joe Martin will join us tonight or tomorrow this morning for you. Joe's on the tea. We're on the wine. Um. The reason we've got Joe on is I have been looking for, um, I want Bitcoin to be pushed out. It's all very well Bitcoiners talking to other Bitcoiners about Bitcoin. That's great. Um, and we all love that. But also I want Bitcoin to be pushed out in different directions um, to other to other people. And Joe is a, a singer-songwriter. Is that fair, Joe? Yeah, yeah. And um, so we're going to have a bit of a chat about your music. Then we're going to have a chat about Bitcoin. But and in between... Through the magic of podcasting and, and audio, we're going to drop in a track, um, and then we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, but first of all, do you want to introduce yourself and um, what it is that you do, where you are, where you're from? To tell your story, man. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, name's Joe Martin. I'm a singer songwriter uh, based in the UK. Um, I've been writing songs for about ten years now. Um, and you're only twelve. How, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 28. I'm 28. Yeah, um, it looks a lot better than us. Yeah, <laughs> wearing well. Bitcoin's not aged me that much. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, but I've been doing music all my life. So from the age of like five or six, I started singing and, and started off playing piano, uh, doing all the classical stuff really, um, and then picked up a guitar early teens. Sort of taught myself the basics, you know, um, and then. Knew I always wanted to write songs, but kind of didn't really have enough life experience until I sort of got to like late teens, even early 20s, really, to start like really get off the ground writing songs. Um, but it's, it's something I've always wanted to do. And since sort of like 2016, I've been sort of trying to do it professionally and, and um, building up a name for myself here in the UK, like touring quite a lot. And obviously the past couple of years well 2020-21 kind of just flew out the window but mm. uh, as it did for everyone um but i've been i've been out to the states a few times been out to nashville a few times gigging out there and writing with some great people because i like the kind of music i do i try not to pigeonhole myself too much but i'd say it's pretty close to like country americana sort of stuff so i had to get out to nashville at some point and i've been out there a few times now i love it out there um the home of country music it's mm. got a great vibe um, and then, yeah, so I've, I've released several EPs uh, over the past few years, and I finally got round to putting out my uh, debut album, which is out in a couple of months, and I'm taking it on tour next month around the UK on a 14-day tour with my band. So that should be that should be pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, so, so you're you you're signed, or or you're sort of self-published? No, I'm I'm completely independent. So yeah. you know. I've produced this album 100% myself, self-funded, uh, booked the tour myself, and wow. <laughs> I'm kind of acting with my own label, really. It's uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of admin. Um, yeah, like 99.9% of the time is like admin and sorting stuff out, and the 0.1% of the time is actually playing on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's, uh, it's good fun at the same time, so. So how difficult is, is it as a musician uh, where are we 2023 to like um i guess there's there's um competition coming at people from all angles so how do you um build a name for yourself and differentiate yourself from other people yeah absolutely i mean 
Um, I'm kind of in like a bit of a niche, uh, you know, genre here. Like country's not that big in the UK uh, still. Um, obviously, it's huge in the states. It's quite big in Europe, but in in the UK, it is growing, but it's not it's not that big. So there's still like if you're an artist, you're still quite like a big fish in a little pond because there's not many other artists doing it. But um, it is tough. Like any artist doing their own music, it's always tough. Like especially when you're starting off, um, you know, I do a lot of like covers, cover gigs as well, and, and that for like bread and butter sort of thing. Um, and you see a lot of people doing tribute stuff these days. Like mm. a lot of people go into the tribute game, and it's quite tempting because the money's really good. Yeah. Um, if you if you get it right, you know, um, but it's just not that fulfilling, really. Um, but no, it's it's tough. You just got to do a lot, of, and it's all you know, live now, right? Like any, any revenues and income is coming from live gigs. Um, so it's just about like making it up on the volume of gigs really. Um, Cause as we're probably going to get into, like there's not really anything to be had uh, selling the music anymore. Like on the recorded side of things, because everything's streamed, mm. listened to free by people. Um, so that's, that's sort of like revenue stream for the musician has kind of been taken away slowly as the internet's, you know, developed and uh... well it's, it's real. i mean i guess it's really uh an industry i mean it always has been but it's so much more so an industry for the huge mega acts and little guys just yeah. don't don't get a go don't get a, a run in at all are you definitely... put... sorry i was gonna say was are you able to put any numbers to that as well like in terms of like how many streams do you need uh to get from listeners before that makes any sort of money at all or what like what would what what equates to a pound or a dollar or whatever so from what I've read, and I mean, you got to take it with a pinch of salt because I don't, I don't, I don't really know, like who knows. But they 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 say that like you need two hundred and fifty streams for a dollar. I think. Jesus. Um. So it's, I mean, I should have got the numbers to put things in perspective. Like I know people that have had a couple million streams on stuff, and they say they haven't still still not seen any money from that. Jesus. Um, wow. But um, like to put it in perspective, I was saying this on a local radio station recently. I'm like, yeah, you need 250 streams for a, you know, uh, a, a dollar. Um, and then like I sell one CD at a show for 15 pounds yeah. off one person. Mm -hmm. So how many, what's that? That's like four, is it like three and a bit thousand streams for that one yeah. CD? Yeah. So like so so for the same income as what one person would give me when they buy a CD, and I I sell quite a few CDs at shows. Like I'm still lucky enough to be in the genre that people still buy merch. It's like man, like you, that one person that's bought that CD, it would have taken three or four thousand people to listen. Um, make that to make that online, um, and it's just it's mind blowing. Yeah. So if you're selling if you're selling like ten CDs a night, you know, which I do fairly frequently it's like man that's like thirty thousand, forty thousand people a yeah. night like the equivalent online would have taken for that same amount of money it's, so do yeah. you get does that then take you to the point where you kind of don't really care about the online that you have to use it and to build the following but it's actually not you it's never going to be about the money on online yeah of course yeah um it's it's kind of like seen as a lost leader now which is kind of weird mm. it's like your main product is, your, is a loss leader <laughs> to sort of get people into live shows almost yeah. and selling and selling physical merch like t-shirts or whatever else you're selling um so yeah it's it's kind of weird um really but it's where we're at it's the world we're living in um and maybe bitcoin can fix this you know roundabout way <laughs> oh, sorry go on. before we get to that um just a quick question about the country music so were you always a country music kid or did you kind of you know, grow into it? Did you just decide it was a bit of a niche that you could have a crack at? Yeah, I definitely wasn't into it as a kid. Um, I grew up, like, listening to what my parents listened to, basically. It was, like, 60s, 70s stuff. It was, there was some country stuff in there, but, um, yeah, I kind of was, like, singing folk, like, British, like, traditional folk stuff, really, in my teens. And then um, I came across country music because of this, well, it was this TV show Nashville came out in the UK. Uh, a lot of UK musicians cite this show as 
being like an influence on them. Uh, yeah. And I was listening to the songs on this TV show and I was like, these are great. Like, I love, I love this kind of music. And then started discovering more sort of modern country acts that, that were coming out of Nashville and like, throw a couple at that. me, throw a couple at me. Um, like K Casey Musgraves was an early one that I listened to. Yeah. Um, and then like Chris Stapleton. Oh, and... they, they're my two. They're my two guys. Yeah. Love and them. then J Jason Isbell. Yeah. Uh, Brent Cobb is lesser known, but he's great. Um, yeah. And I just discovered this whole new world of music and uh, I just got really excited about it. And I was just like, yeah, I want to start writing songs like this. And it was a, uh, it was the lyric, it was like the story side of it all that hooked me in, like the lyric, the very lyric based, and they're very clever with their wording. And it's, it's they're not using anything, fa any fancy language. It's just very basic, plain, ordinary. Uh, it's like layman's poetry. I call it. It's just like pretty, pretty basic. But it's the way the words are crafted. You look at some songs, and it's like they're almost perfect. Like you couldn't take one word out of there. Mm. you know uh and that's what drew me to it so i i, I sort of say my 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 songs are quite story based really uh, yeah yeah i um for, for me personally growing up i couldn't stand country music because my dad was a huge eagles fan and i think when you're young you're just like i don't i don't well i mean it's at one point like maybe early teens you go i don't want to be into what my parents are into yeah yeah um and then, realize it's actually all right yeah <laughs> and then i think and then because i've done some stuff you know when in my 20s and, and whatnot and then um and then i started you know thinking oh you know a couple of eagle songs are okay and then it's same thing like casey musgraves that slow burn song just blew my head away um yeah. chris, chris chris stapleton blew me away um yeah so yeah, I'm I'm down a bit of a country rabbit hole too. And the same thing with the storytelling, you know, like like they actually put the time into crafting a story rather than just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, booty. I joke, I say I, I say everyone's a country fan, they just don't know it yet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Bitcoin, everyone's in Yeah, everyone's a Bitcoin. Sorry, go on. No, go on, no, please. I was gonna say dad's got a good taste. Eagles are probably my favorite. My favorite band I, I saw them last year in liverpool um oh their harmonies are pretty flawless like i can't think of anyone better it was just like two hours worth of just non-stop hits like bangers you know it's yeah, just incredible. yeah yeah um what was i gonna say oh yeah so what part of so there's the there's the singing there's a the songwriting there's the performing there's the being the guy on the merch there's the guy who's running the 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 online presence and stuff like what part of it do you like what part of it do you not like um, is there anything? That, is there anything that's an absolute chore? Or yeah, the admin. I just hate like. Well, it's hard breaking new ground, so getting into new venues and stuff. Like the venues I've played before, um, they're quite easy to go back to. They know who you are. Like you're already starting to build up a following in that area that with with their listeners. So it's it's just the new ground that's hard to break. Um, I really don't like keeping on top of social media stuff. It just does my head in. Mm. Um, it's like, yeah, I just hate being over a computer all the time thinking about all that stuff. Um, I'd rather do the creative stuff, obviously. It's, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's got to be done. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say the admin stuff I really don't like. I, I, but you you know you got to do it. It's like it consumes a lot more time than anything else. It's like in a lot of people when they come to a gig, they see you on stage, they sort of think that's it, or you know. Mm -hmm. But that's literally like one percent, you know. That, mm, that's mm. that's what it's all for, and that's the time you enjoy. But it's all the other, all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like the what's that Jordan quote, like or whatever it is like. Why did you why did you make like seventy thousand shots? Because I took like one hundred and forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes to it, you know, or something like you know. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's just all the hard work, the behind the scenes that people do. Yeah, they particularly when you yeah. sit then get to the absolute elite level. Um, I love. And, um, I love. Sorry, I was just gonna say I love. Uh, the, the creative process of like producing an album um i used to like the live stuff a lot more i didn't i didn't used to like the studio stuff but working on this last album and well it's my, i've done a live album before but this is my first studio album um it's been so much fun and like getting the concept right and the artwork and everything um bringing seeing it all being brought to life it's, it's such a good feeling once it's done yeah that's awesome is it um stressful because you really obviously there's a fair bit of personal investment for you to actually get a studio get in studio and all that is that um 
Do you worry about that? Or is it, is it just this passion that you're, you're doing what you love, you're doing what you want to do? Yeah, it is quite stressful. It's like, for me, the stress at the moment is on this tour. Um, because it's like my first proper headline tour, um, and people pay like 12 to 15 pound a ticket or whatever. Some places I've never been before. It's pretty, it's pretty nerve wracking. Mm. Um, but it's like, I wanted to do, I wanted to try and do it right. You know, I've put so, I've put so much time and money and energy into this, into this album. I've been working on it for like a year plus. And some of the songs they span for like over six years. So it's like six years worth of material almost. Mm. So I had to try and do it right. You know, I had to go big with it um, and try and aim, aim high with it. But yeah, it is really, it's kind of like, I know I'll hopefully sell the albums over all the gigs I've got over this year and next year and stuff. So I'm quite confident. I normally, when I produce and release something, I do sell it, you know, over time. But um, yeah, it, it is. But I've tried to, I've tried to not um, cut corners on anything I've done with the album. I've, tr- I've tried to, do it. I've done everything properly. Uh, but I've not, I've stuck to a budget. I've tried to not let it get too crazy. But it's like, and it's, it, it is insane. It costs thousands and thousands of pounds to, to produce something like a 12 track album. Because mm. you've got, like, you know, you've got your studio costs, you've got your musicians that are playing on it. Um, you've got your, your mixing and mastering, you've got your artwork. Then you have to have it manufactured. And then if you're putting it online, you're paying to get it distributed. And it's like, it all adds up really quick. Mm. Yeah. Um, unless you get, unless you're calling in free favors from everyone, you know, which, you know, it is good sometimes, but it's like, I like to try and, you know, pay people that are working on it and value people's time and don't want to take the mix. So it's been quite hard finding that balance. Um, I imagine, I imagine as a sort of up and coming musician too, you would have had plenty of experiences in pubs where guys didn't want to pay you, but they were saying, you know, you're getting experience. You know, exactly so yeah, you don't you want to do the same thing to someone else you can't be a hypocrite and complain about all that stuff because it's yeah. that's not nice and then expect the same from other people so mm. um, yeah <laughs> so what would uh what would uh give us an idea of your crowds like who, who are you playing to what's venue sizes and how, how many uh, how big are the venues that you're going to try and sell sell out or you know give us an idea of that yeah it's all pretty small at the moment like the venues on this tour range between like 50 to seats to a hundred seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing the crowd will be sort of like an older crowd, sort of like sixties, you know, 50, okay. 50 to 60. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. Like there's not many, uh, younger fans of country music, like all the younger people are people that are playing it <laughs> over here. Um, that are actually artists, but it seems that like, I don't know, maybe for the bigger festivals, we got country to country next week in London. There'll, there'll be some younger people at that. Um, I reckon there'd be um, a few old ladies there, mate. They'd be quite happy to, to watch you. You're a handsome dude. Actually, it looks like me, Hats. I think. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's strange. It seems like for the smaller gigs, and in, in any genre really, it seems that like, there's less younger people there. It's like the younger people are going to the bigger stadium gigs yeah. and they're going to the big festivals, want the festival experience. Like the small theatre gigs and the little art centres and stuff. It's always a slightly older crowd. But yeah, yeah. and they still buy they buy buy the CDs, so well, that's right. <laughs> well, they're that, they're yeah. the ones with the C D players more than the young ones, that's I suppose. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, what have you seen it change at all? Like in like in in terms of the, like musical tastes in the UK? Like if you're touring the UK, you're touring in England, like um, is are, are people coming to country or not? Is it is it is it generally just an older crowd? Do you mean have I seen taste changing younger people in country music? Well, or? I would say my, I mean, I'm not the expert at all, but I I would say that country has become a bit cooler again. It's it seemed is some is that a bit of a revival in my mind as a as a total layman. Is that I, fair or not? I've thought the same thing, but I've also thought I'm now an older dad. Well, maybe that's maybe, <laughs> so. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it's quite a broad genre. I think it's one of those few genres that actually does span every generation. You know? Yeah, that's true. Like, like you, you know, you, you're not well. You might not be able to say the same for like punk or metal or something, but I, I feel like. Country music, because it's like it, it, what's classed as country now 
as, like his pop as well. Like you hear all yeah. the stuff about Nashville. It's, it's it's pretty much pop music with a banjo thrown on top of it sometimes. Well, you know? Casey Musgraves, I found a lot like that actually. She's got some some tracks that are really could be, could be just classified as pop and not country at all. I think. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely gone that way, and a lot of artists do because it's just a bigger market. So like a lot of like the more country artists when they start getting more popular, they just steer towards a more pop sound mm, mm. to appeal to a wider audience but no it is a very broad church the, the country music genre it, it does attract all ages which is great you know I'm, I'm kind of like hoping some younger people come in because like in another 10 years my crowd 10 or 20 years my crowd might not be there <laughs> <laughs> need some younger blood coming in yeah. Yeah. but I found when I've been out to Nashville um like there are young people actually at the gigs watching the gigs um, but maybe it's just more of a way of life over there and maybe that's not a fair representation because it is music city and they live and breathe country music yeah know? so maybe that isn't the best uh, sample set there but um that was pretty cool going out there and seeing that and didn't really have to explain to anyone what you're doing when you get up and play they just get it you know they're yeah. like they're not country what you know <laughs> so how easy sorry that you were there you're there as a to play not just to watch right yeah yeah so, so how, uh how was that like how yeah how was that, that just... was, it was awesome um so first time i went out there i i knew no one like literally no. i knew one person which was um a bit of a tenuous link with like a family friend that i'd met like once for like an afternoon when they were over in the uk and um yeah uh, so i didn't know anyone um and then the second time i went out there the same family friend uh gave um one of my demo tapes into a um a venue called the bluebird cafe um and like for anyone that doesn't know country music like what probably wouldn't hear the bluebird but um it's just a small little venue but it's quite iconic it's it's put a lot of people on the map i think i think taylor swift was discovered there you know garth brooks was discovered there and um but for me like i kept seeing it every week on this show nashville that i was watching so i i you know I'd heard of this venue, the Bluebird, because it was it was on the show every week. Um, so I jokingly said to Terry, my family friend, "We, when you go back to Nashville, we hand in this demo CD to the Bluebird." And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, I will do." You know, and I thought, "Oh, she's just like being nice." <laughs> yeah, probably never going to make it there. Anyway, several months go by, and I get this email out of the blue saying, uh, "This is Rob from the Bluebird." Um, we've we've listened to your demo tape we really like it next time you're in nashville do you want to play wow and i was like and i was like this has got to be a scammer like yeah I was like, I was like how is this possible why are the bluebird and i was like looking it up and googling this guy and i was like oh my god is it that demo tape that terry so i met so i messaged terry like did you ever hand in that demo tape i gave you she was like yeah i handed it in like when i got back you know that's how they've reached out to me you know so yeah how long uh, ago was how long ago was that? That was 2017 now. Wow. That's cool. So I, I, I booked flights back out there, went back out, played the Bluebird. And then but the the cool thing is, soon as I got the date of the Bluebird, you can then go to other venues mm. and say, I'm coming over from the UK, I'm playing at the Bluebird. Yeah, that's I wanted to play some other places while I'm in town. And all yeah. of a sudden, you would never have got a look in, and all of a sudden they're like Oh, okay, we'll have a listen to you. Oh yeah, oh, we like what you're doing. Okay, come play our place. Yeah, nice. so it it turned into like you know playing sort of several small places as well, um, and then it was a bit of a foot in the door, and then it's kind of like it's a good talking point when you're over there and you're talking to people in bars or other open mics or other things. You're like, yeah, I've got a bluebird show. You just casually drop it in. Got a bluebird show in a couple of weeks. And they're like, oh dude, yeah, do you want to hang out? Do you want to write? You know, and you end up like meeting yeah. people and writing mm-hmm. with people, and it started snowballing from there. Um, and then the, the following year, 2018, um, I, I'm, you know, I just followed up the, the same guy at Bluebird, like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of coming back out again next year. Would you have me on again? They were like, yeah. So I went and played the Bluebird again and, and the same thing happened again and met, met more people on the next trip. Um, so yeah, that's how it kind of worked out there, but oh, it's so cool. It, I, I had to pinch myself when, you know, when it finally came around, it kind of felt like a bit of a dream until it was actually happening. Um, that's cool. Because I've been watching it for maybe at that point, like five years. 
like this TV show like that, that had started the whole thing that got me into country music. I've been watching this venue every week for like five years on this show. And then you're there. <laughs> there and I'm like, it looks exactly the same because they use a different, <laughs> they use a different Bluebird like um, setup. It's obviously a set for the show, but it, they've got it exactly the same. It's like, oh, it's really cool. <laughs> so are you like this, um, because, you know, you come over as an English guy, are you like a novelty for them or do you, are you sort of exciting for them or... Um, I was hoping I'd be a bit more of a novelty, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I think Ladies. It's, yeah, it's it's quite touristy, so they get a lot of British tourists going over there. So yeah, okay. Maybe if I was there a few years earlier, I would have been a bit more of a novelty. Everyone thought I was Australian, though. <laughs> no, everyone could, it's like New Zealanders they, as well. Yeah, they couldn't work out the northern accent, I don't think, that I've, that I've got. So they were like, oh, are you from Australia? I was like, no, I'm from... <laughs> England, they were like, "Oh, you from London? No, no." <laughs> I was like, "I'm from near Liverpool, Beatles land, you know, and Manchester, yeah. Manchester United." They're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but then um, I went out to um, I went out to Alabama when I was over there as well, a bit more in the sticks, and they were a bit more interested. Yeah, because cool. uh, many people going through there. But... It's it's like when you're traveling, like you you go to a little place. Um, and people really appreciate you being there and they want to, you know, you go in the pub, local pub and the local people want to say hello, where are you from and ask your story. But if you rock up to a big city. Um, well, that's yeah. like you you in Australia probably. But I'm not, when I first, we, we live in a little little place in, in uh, on the East Coast of Australia. And when I first got here, it was a much smaller place. Mm. And I was probably a little bit of a novelty, but oh. no, not so much. No, fuck no. Not so much. People, yeah, people yeah, are, really... either, either our people have met me and they realize they're not mean anymore. <laughs> Um, well, let's maybe we, now is when we should actually put Joe's song on. So, Definitely. um, can you, do you want to introduce it for us? Yeah, yeah. And then we'll, we'll do a little bit of, Brenda will do a little bit of magic. This is the title track of the, of the new album. I released this as a, a single recently. I wrote this at, at the end of 2021 when things opened back up from lockdown. Uh, and I went back on the road, um, touring with a, a Credence Clearwater tribute. Um, I was opening up for them on, a, on their UK tour and, uh, it was kind of like got hit by inspiration again, being on the road. Um, and it's about the songs about like when you're starting off doing the music stuff, you kind of feel like all you need is your guitar, the open road and and freedom. And then as time goes on, um, oh, and, and you know, an empty passenger seat beside you. Uh, and then as time goes on, you kind of feel like you don't want an empty passenger seat. You want someone to share the journey with. So that's what the song's about. Awesome. And what's it called? Empty passenger seat. Empty passenger seat. Yeah. All right. Two ready? Two bit radio. 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 <laughs> Big city lights are shining down on me. Different ones than yesterday. And although they don't spell my name, I know that they will someday. Drinking all the backstage beer Trying to drown out your tears Man, it's been a long time Since I've been home God, it feels like years mm, Forgive me for my confusion I got sold a rock and roll delusion Now it's taking its toll It's catching up with me Got my foot to the floor
I got sold a rock and roll delusion Now it's taking its toll And it's catching up with me Got my foot to the And that was Joe Martin with Empty Passenger Seat. You're a desperate DJ. One of you, right? Yeah. Radio that's DJ. It. That's um, it. What do you think of that? Uh, that was great. Yeah, really cool. You liar. Didn't even listen right there just now. We need to, we may, we should have been listening uh, right there just now. So we felt back in the mood. So we felt like we just, mm, we mm. just listened to it. We could ask some coherent no, questions. No, but we, we have heard it. And it's, yeah. very, it's very good, man. It's good. It's good. So, um, so. Um, where are we going to go? We're going to go with what value for value or, or what Bitcoin can do, I suppose, for a musician like Joe or a musician like Brendo. <laughs> yeah. And whether you feel like the internet has killed everything from a monetary perspective and, and then other than like, you know, your gig and your merch and all that kind of stuff, um, or whether that can come back again when you genuinely build a relationship with like a fan base. Yeah, this is a big question, right? So I think, um, have you guys read any of Gigi stuff? <laughs> well, it's basically, why it's basically why I do in the evening is read Gigi and this one. <laughs> yeah, Bedtime reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I came across one of his articles, How Value for Value Fixes the Monetization of Information. I've written a blog on my website about it, and I've included a lot of his blogs as like further reading in that. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's the concept of, okay, the internet's a thing. Soon as any sort of anything touches the internet, any kind of digital file, because it can be copied infinitely and distributed infinitely, the, the sort of, the supply reaches infinity and therefore the cost is going to plummet to zero. And it's like, yeah, like good luck trying to monetize, you know, information that wants to be freely shared. And if people want it badly enough, they're going to get it, you know, yep. like it's, it started off with Napster and then I guess that got shut down because it was centralized and then LimeWire for a bit. And then, and there's still Pirate Bay now, which is more decentralized, right? And people are sharing, you know, files on that. Um, but then like from that vacuum when they were clamped down on like Spotify sprung up and then, you know, YouTube's doing music and everything. Um, and I think like everyone's sort of come to the realization or everyone's sort of in denial about it, but they've come to the realization that, you know, you can't, you can't stop it. So at least these platforms have turned around and sort of said, well, you know, we'll give a great user experience and people can listen to all this music, but, you know, we're going to put adverts in there. Advertisers are going to pay for it. Uh, if you're not a subs paying subscriber, um, so people are having to put up with adverts and obviously now when you go onto YouTube, you're getting bombarded with like, it used to be one and now it seems to be like three adverts for every video. Mm. Um, so that's kind of ramping up a bit, but I, I don't know. It's kind of like, the, so, so the idea is you, you put it out for free anyway, you accept, you, you just accept that the information is going to be shared. If it's, if it's good enough, people are going to want it. It's going to be shared. So you put it out for free and you just basically say, look, if anyone's found value in this, send me something back, however big or small. Like people don't like calling it tips. It's not a tip. It's not a donation. It's like whatever you think it's worth. Um, and if you like the artist or the podcaster or whatever, if you want them to keep doing what they're doing, it's like the only way that's going to happen is if you give something back. And a lot, a lot of the time, if you just ask, that's the whole point. If you just ask, you know, people will give something. And I think a, a, the main barrier at this point. Uh, is kind of like has been the microtransaction thing just hasn't been possible before with the legacy payment systems because you've always got that small transaction fee. Just PayPal or Visa or 
whatever you're using um, <clears throat> because they're kind of like a, a business with overheads. They've got employees and they've got premises, they've got servers, they've got costs and they need to pass those costs on somehow. And like, they're not going to be able to do what the Lightning Network does ever because the Lightning Network is just open source code and uh, it's kind of like can be run at near zero cost and it's it's not got all these other headaches that these other companies have to put up with. So there's nothing really malicious in the fact that these other companies can't do these small microtransactions. It's just that it's kind of unfeasible for them because of their, their... I think, yeah, you've made a good point too in that that people generally will happily pay for something that they see as valuable to them. So a great example, I think, um, Radiohead, I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, Radiohead, um, was it Parlophone or some record company that they ended their ties with and their next album, I I don't know if you remember which one it was, might've been King of Limbs, I'm not sure, but they put it on their website, um, to download and, and it was literally pay what you want. So you could, yeah, you could go and put, pay a dollar for it or a pound for it and download the album or you could pay a hundred bucks and download the album. And I think that was still pretty successful for them. Obviously they're, they're a huge band. But that yeah. that was like a really cool early example of um you know a, a band just sort of going fuck you to record yeah. companies and just going you know people will pay and they and they did. So yeah. just just for your reference, Joe, um, we so we have this podcast. We have um many pods have we done seventy something. This will be seventy five. Seventy five, and we've been going Jesus. for about. Um, too long. About a year and a half. Too long. Yeah. Um, as everybody else said, but we're going for a year and a half, right? Um, but it is pushed out there on um, well, all apps, frankly. But it's also on the Value for Value podcast and two point apps. Now we have had right till today four thousand seven hundred and ninety four people who have given some value of sats. Now that could be one sat or ten sats or thousands. That could be you know whatever. I we've no control over that. But people are just they don't have to, but they've chosen to. Um, it's out there for free. I mean, people don't have to, frankly, don't have to listen, but if they choose to listen and they get some sort of value for it. Um, Still this, astounding that someone will give us anything. I just find that, I, I, I'm shocked by it. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the value, like in terms of dollars or pounds right now is not a high value, but we've, we can talk into Bitcoin later. So before we go too far on, what I'd like to do, because I haven't said this on the pod yet, is we're, so on the on the podcast in 2.0, you can, or certainly on Fountain, you can do splits. So you can, and you have a fountain account. Um, so what we're going to do is send the entire, the entire content of any boosts or um, streams of this episode um, to Joe, right? Yes. And we're just going to see what happens. So I'm asking, I don't always ask, and I feel a bit uncomfortable asking, but this, I really don't. So if you just listen to Joe's song and you, you enjoyed it, could you send him some sats via our account? And we, you, you can go on yourself and check that we did exactly do that. That's exactly what we're doing. We're going to do. Um, and just let's just see what happens. Um, just as a little bit of a, 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 a an experiment, because um, I'd love to see the fact that I, I don't think um, everybody's going to pay. I don't. I don't. I think that's a maybe one percent, five percent people may pay. I don't know. But it's just as an experiment. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, and leading up to this pod this morning, my little experiment was um, putting on an old YouTube video of mine with a girl I used to sing with from about fifteen years ago. Uh, and I said, if anyone anyone likes it, you know, set, send me a zap or, you know, whatever. Because um, I was tr- wanting to orange pill her as well. Um, Have you spoken to her about that yet? No, no, I haven't spoken to her. So, I, But I was kind of keen just to rock up and go, right, here you go. Here's your, your share. Um, hasn't done so great, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a professional musician like Joe. So thank you, Daz. <laughs> but well, that's cool. when, you know when you say oh i'm trying to get someone else into bitcoin can you send a few sats so so they can see what it's like everyone's happy to you know send something normally to kind of help orange pill if you will or just show the technology to someone else um but like the the whole i think the 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 barrier of like commitment with with streaming sats just falls tremendously because you can send 10 sats or a sat, but like it's like a tenth of a penny. Like, mm. you know, it's not a huge financial commitment. And then people might, you know, after that might send a bit more. 
but before, you know, it doesn't make sense with PayPal to to send anything less than sort of a pound. You know, you can't really, you can, probably can, but it doesn't make sense. So all of a sudden, like if someone's thinking, oh, I probably should send a few quid, they already hesitate with that, you know. Yep. Um, whereas if they can send like pennies and if they can do it with one click as well. Yeah. The commitment barrier of that rather than putting in like a long card number on, <clears throat> on someone's website, I mean, it's just completely different experience, isn't it? Yeah, re- um, reduce the friction. Reduce the friction. And it's fun as well. <laughs> just it see is. it happen. It is fun. Um, um, like that, I think sorry, so I was going to say that I think the main the main barrier really at the moment, it's not even people receiving the the vie for vie stuff are getting set up with it like artists is the people sending it like the the, the needs to just be a really easy on ramp um for the person in the street to just get going with it because it doesn't make sense if i was like saying someone right okay hop on uh, wave lake or fountain and send me some sats they'd be like right how do i do that i'd be like mm-hmm. right well you gotta you gotta go to an exchange <laughs> <laughs> You probably have to KYC yourself, mm. um, buy some Bitcoin. Oh, and then you've got to get it onto Lightning. Uh, and then you've got to get it into a wallet. Um, and then, you know, either top up your account in Fountain. Or, and they're going to be like, what? No. There's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like 10 steps there. No one's going to do that. Um, so until there is something, and I keep coming back to this, like, like something like Strike, for instance. Um, I know they're out in the, in the US, aren't they? They're rolling out in other places too, but... Until there is an app where you can just download it, and like Uber, you just put in your card details once, and then you can start scanning QR codes straight away mm. that are like interoperable. And they're seeing like if for, for the early people are seeing like the fiat balance in their local currency. Um, that until that sort of day comes, it's going to be the friction still there. Mm. Um, it'll come, you know, in the next yeah. in the next year or two. I, I'm sure. Days. Early days. Well, you you mentioned um, Wave Lake. Yeah, is that what it's called? Wave Lake. Can you explain? Lake, yeah. Can you explain that? Because I saw a tweet ages ago, I think from them, and I I'm pretty sure I signed up for like a, you know, email notification when things, you know, when they were launching or whatever. But I I haven't heard boo since. Yeah, they've only just released the very first version of the platform. Yeah. So. When I, I've been following the value for value thing for a while and I was just kind of like sat on the sidelines watching all the podcasters have all the fun. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, this looks really cool because it was only Fountain at that point, I think. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like, oh man, that's just really cool. Like, I wonder if any musicians are doing this. And I was like, there doesn't seem to be. And I was like, well, I wonder like what's to stop a musician putting a song on Fountain. Love it. And just, and just like... And instead of it being a podcast, that song is like a podcast episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, why hasn't anyone done that? And I thought, well, is there anything to stop me doing that? And I kind of like looked into it. I was like, no. So I'm going to, so I uploaded an MP3. This was of my uh, single release last October. Um, and I was like, I'll just give it a go. And then I was expecting like zero response. I was actually worried that I'd be like, put this out there and people would be like, what are you doing? Hmm. Um, I messaged some people on Twitter and I went on Stack of News and put it up there. And like, I was just amazed by the amount of people that were like, this is great. Like good hack, you know, just putting your music up there, fair play, you know, and selling some stats over. And it blew, it blew my mind. I think I made like 80 pounds on that, on that song. Shit. Uh, yeah. Which for context, like is unreal. Like it would have taken me 20,000 streams um on wow. spotify that's yeah. being generous you know it's taken me like twenty thousand streams um i was like this is this is nuts and then i kind of was messaging the fountain guys being like this is really cool it, are you thinking of doing like having anything in the app that's just for music and they were like yeah we're looking into it and then <clears throat> at a similar time i got contacted by michael and sam from wave lake saying we're, we're building this platform and it's it's doing what fountain's doing but it's just focused towards music stuff and I was like, oh, that's great, you know. Um, and in its in its current form, it's just like it's just a web player. It's not an app yet. Um, but I think the, I'm sure they will be developing an app. But um, yeah, so they were like, can you help us test this? We're we're still testing this out. So 
you know, they gave me like a link to like an early to make an account before it went live. And I was just kind of like giving them feedback of bugs and stuff I ran into. Um, and yeah, and then it went live and, um, and yeah, it's, it's great. You know, I've had, I've had good response. I put, put my last single up there, empty passenger seat and that's, that's doing okay. It's still, there's still not many people on there. Um, but it's, it's cool. It's kind of like, I think it's good to have a separate music thing where people can go just for yep. music stuff. De- definitely. Um, so it's, it's not an app yet. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I think when it gets into it, when, once it's developed for, a, you know, into an app and like, there's like a search bar on there and they've got stuff to like kind of playlist and um, like categorized by genre and, and stuff like that. And it starts to become more of like a Spotify like experience. Yeah. And um, that's great because a lot of artists will be like, well, well hang on, you know, I'm putting my music on all these platforms anyway. Why don't I put it on one more and yeah. actually paid directly by fans for it? Like, <clears throat> I think we'll start to see a big migration of people come over to that and maybe even start releasing stuff early <clears throat> on on Wavelake. On Wave yeah. yeah. Um, that, well, that's just uh, for clarity. That's, that's where I found you in the first place. So it is currently embedded in GetAlby. It's one of the websites. Uh-huh. That, so I... We'll get to this, I suppose. But I, uh, you know, just started Noster like everyone else has just piled on. Yeah. And um, and I wanted to have, uh, you know, wanted to have the Lightning Wallet on it, and but I didn't want to put in my private key into Noster. So I then, so I then installed the Albi Get Albi extension, and on Get Albi, it's got like a number of integrations with maybe I don't know, eight, nine, ten web- different websites just now, including like Noster clients and whatnot. But one of them is is it Wave Lake? Is that it? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I'm not even sure what it was called. And then I so I was like, oh, well, what is this? Because I'm... I keep calling it Wav Lake, but it's Wave Lake apparently. Oh, okay, okay. Um, is it spelled Wav? W A V? Yeah, yeah, like, right. It's, okay. a, it's a file format. Oh, of course, right. So, um, but yeah, so that's why I was like, oh, this is the thing I've been talking about. Everybody should be doing, mm. and I couldn't understand. I'd, and I actually had heard Oscar from Fountain at some stage talking about it, saying, yeah, well. well Absolutely, is you can already do it. And then when I saw somebody was doing it, I was like, "Oh, that's fantastic!" And then, yeah. the, but the problem, and I don't want to. This is probably mean, I suppose, but some of the Bitcoin music is just like some crazy Bitcoiner out there who wants to, who's now started to try and make music. And I wanted to go at it from the other direction. I want to see musicians and become actually, musicians, musicians become Bitcoiners, right? That's that's, so, that's better. Yeah. So um, I. I was at a, I went to the Edinburgh um, conference back in o- October, and I think I don't. I just put out um, the my last single um, on a value for value thing, and <clears throat> a few people came up to me. They're like, "Oh, we've listened to it. We really like it." Sort of thing. Are you going to start writing Bitcoin songs? And I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so." I mean, it's not not particularly romantic. Bitcoin. No, song. like you know start getting all nerdy math in there and stuff yeah you and get I some frankie like, mcdonald's like that sample or something <laughs> yeah but no i was like I'd, i actually want to make a point of not doing that like you said i want to just apply what i'm doing currently doing into this i don't want to you know start writing bitcoin so i just want to say as a musician i now accept this and i'm now mm. doing this and mm. just as another another thing um so yeah, <laughs> and also if you're a musician, right? And I love that is the the, the you know the, you know the Wayne Gretzky's quote like skate to where the puck is going. Do you know that? No. All right. Okay. So, but it's like as a musician, it's like let's be there when the audience arrives because that's that puts me ahead of you know everyone. Yeah. yeah well, that's what I thought, and you know, I was like these these sites are brand new, Um, they've got a completely different listen listen you know audience than what I'm playing to at the moment. I, you know, I've had so many more listeners since doing this that would have never found my music before. Mm. You guys stumbled across it because I was on Wave Lake. Um, so I was like, it's a no-brainer. I just don't understand why more musicians aren't doing it. I mean, I've been tweeting about it saying, like, come on, artists, we need to, like, get on this. Um, <clears throat> but it's kind of like they either don't understand it or they don't maybe realise the implications of it or they don't get the idea. And as soon as you, you say, mm. oh, put your music out there for free, People are like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. My music's not for free. You're like, well, it is. <laughs> are you on Spotify? You're on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's for free, you know. Yeah. Um, and then what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to do a, a year's worth of it. Uh, like, so it'll be sort of October time, well, it'll be a full 12 months. Look back at everything, run the numbers and be like, look, this was what I've made from value for value. This is what I made from all the other streaming platforms. And I know already it's 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 
far surpassed what I've done before with just the regular streaming platforms. So I'll say, look, it's a no brainer for, you know, indie artists that are, you know, struggling to, to make income from recording music. It is a no brainer. You're not, you're not losing anything. Like the, the worst thing that's going to happen is your music's on one other platform, mm. but you're doing yeah. that anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, I don't see any downside personally, but um, I think people just need to hear about it. That's the thing. They need to hear about it and they need to know how to use it. And it's still a bit clunky, you know, um, it's not as easy to use as other things, but it's going to, it's going to get easier over time. Um, I mean, right now I pay for um, YouTube, what's it called? YouTube Premium or whatever it is. Yep. Which is like, I don't know how much it costs, like 15, 20 bucks a month or something. I'm paying. Oh, you had to pay more, didn't you? No. That was on, oh, what? No, because I... Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, go on. I um, got a... A VPN. Oh, yeah, I got a VPN kind of little trick to... I think I pay about three bucks a month now. Oh, four okay. bucks a month. Okay, well, I need to do that. But... Um, In, but entirely legal. Entirely. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just... You don't see any adverts. Is that right? Yeah, well... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the reason I did it in the first place was the adverts were driving me mental, but also, uh, you know, I have a daughter. I didn't want her to be advertised that by God knows who. Um, and she, yeah. you know, you can't. I can't keep her off... Um, you know, the devices completely. So I don't even want to, but I just didn't want her to be advertised that. So I took it out and it was essentially with YouTube, it gives me, you know, YouTube music, it gives me uh, YouTube video and God knows what else it gives me. That's probably enough. Um, but whatever it is, let's say it's 15 bucks a month. Now I would love the fact if, if the vast majority of the money I was paying was going to the person I was watching or listening to, mm. right. Rather than just some massive corporate giant that's taking, you know, 50, 60, whatever percent YouTube are doing. Probably more. Um, so I guess that's, I guess that's what that's going to, that's going to apply in music. But I guess your question is, is it, does it have to be an independent, does it have to be a, an individual app? Is that better? Or is it going to be like some super app that's going to do everything and music's just going to be part of, you know, whatever your Twitter account or something. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like these big platforms and social media and streaming platforms and stuff. It's the network effects are so strong now. Everyone's on them to try and get them over into another app or listening or watching something on a different platform. It's, it's you know, a huge task. It's only <clears throat> if it got to the point where the other app that was say, you know, a value for value app where all the content's being uploaded for free, but you're expected to maybe give something back. If that was exactly the same user experience and there was almost as much content on that that app as what you're listening to, you know, you're paying your subscription for, mm. then someone might switch over from the subscription model to a, a value for value model where they're like, I don't want to pay 20 pounds a month for this, but I'm going to go on this platform where there's still no adverts, but, you know, I'm expected to, there's that mindset of yeah, I should be given something. I don't, I honestly don't know. <laughs> have you have you looked at Noster? Have you looked at Noster at all? Are you, I'm, aware, I'm of, on, are you aware of Noster? I'm on Noster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm playing around with it. It's really cool. It's really cool. I um I uploaded um uh, my single just as an MP3 file straight up to Noster uh, Nostagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just like, you know. Does this mean I can upload my whole album straight to Nostra um, for Zaps? <laughs> yeah. Um, and people, you, you can. You can just upload an MP3. Um, it's just an audio file, and people can just zap you straight there wow. as they listen. So it's like that that changes it again. You don't even need a sort of platform. That's the protocol, isn't it? So you can you, you upload it once, and it's in every client. <clears throat> yeah. So someone will probably build a a, a, play, a music player client, I imagine, or something similar on Nostra, maybe. It's there's so many things. It's all moving so fast, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to it's hard to know what's going to happen. I wonder um, what the guys that invented Mastodon <laughs> are thinking. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they're a bit annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's many just, years. It's just competition, right? Yeah, competition it. is good. If something is better than you. You yeah. deserve to lose. Yeah, right. That's true. And because it, because end of the end of the day, it's the customer that's right, right? Yeah, it the, is. Per, yeah. The person who's consuming is if you're if you're producing something that nobody's interested in consuming, well, it's a hobby, right? But if mm. you're producing something that somebody is genuinely interested in consuming, then they'll pay for it. Yeah, and you just yeah. have to be better than the guy next door. Like yeah. if a better coffee shop opened next door to your coffee shop and it was better, mm. you would just move. You don't really have loyalty massively. Mm. Um. If it was, you have you have you have loyalty to quality and I mean there are other things too I guess but um 
But um, yeah, well, I think you're right yeah. about the, the music clients coming to Nostra. I reckon it'll be here by the end of the month, the way things are going over there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's crazy how fast the, the being, stuff is being developed. I mean, you just can't keep up. It's Yeah, I don't know what. They, they mustn't be sleeping, the people that are working on this stuff. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's exciting. It's exciting, though. Um, so tell us, um, just quickly go back to the the um, the tour and then get where are you going? What are the when does when does the tour start? Um, and uh, what do you what do you want people to know? Yeah, so it's it's all at the UK. Fourteen uh, date tour starts April thirteenth. I think yeah, the first gigs in um, in Devon, the last gigs uh, in Manchester, hometown gig, um, and yeah, I'm going everywhere. So you can find tickets um if you're in the uk and you're interested um you find tickets at my website which is joemartinmusic.com slash tour um i've got, got a couple of dates in london got a couple of dates in scotland going to glasgow and uh, good, kin luck. Ross. good luck <laughs> kin ross uh, i've done the kin ross gig before so um but yeah um no it's gonna be great and most of it's with the band there's a few dates that's just going to be me and the guitarist but most of the dates are with the band um and yeah we're just going to be playing the album top to bottom really um i i did a i did a little thing where i, I sold some tickets for bitcoin uh, i had a little offer going nice. um sold i think i sold five five wow, tickets that's good that that is good. better than none you know it's uh yeah. it's great and people were like oh I, you know i've not listened to music before but i saw someone retweet that you selling tickets for bitcoin had to listen to music it's great coming along i think uh one of them's coming along to this the kin ross gig in scotland Awesome. Um, so that's pretty cool and i was like well you know i'll sell my merch for, for sats if you want you know yeah definitely <laughs> t-shirt while you're here so do you, you yeah. do you have after the gig do you jump on the table to sell your own stuff are you you the yeah yeah good man absolutely yeah yeah um well yeah wish you all the best man that's um that's exciting good to talk to you De- yeah and i i'm, I'm also gonna do a little idea where I'm going to um, do a little value for value pack uh, with with, an, with every album I'm selling. But so so they can buy the album without it, but if they want a little value for value pack. Have you guys heard of, um, I think it's called the Light Sats. Have you heard of Light Sats? No, mm. go on. It's a way to um, tip uh, Sats to people. Uh, and then if they don't redeem them, you can, you can get them back. Um, so you can get a little cards printed up with a QR code on. Um, um, and you can top it up. You can you can top them up with any amount. So say like I'm I'm oh. just going to do a pound, a pounds worth of sats, whatever. Um, get these cards printed up, slip them into an album, and then on that card they'll scan a QR code, and they'll go to the Lightsats website, and it will walk them through downloading a wallet, you know how to use it, how to redeem the sats, and then at the end I'm going to sort of say. Um, circle back to my website or to any website on this list and try sending this a few of the sats back um and this is how value for value this is how value for value works tell them to either go to fountain or wave lake yeah getting onboarded with a small amount of money that and it's not there so it's not like they're having to pay anything or whatever it's like low friction get some set up with a wallet get some using it um because the point the thing is it's like I don't know how much longer CDs are going to be mm. going because now a lot, a lot of the time people at gigs are coming up to me saying, you know, I'd love to buy a CD off you, but I don't have a CD player. So, yeah. um, and sometimes they buy a CD anyway because they want to support me, but then they, they're not got a CD player. So I'm like, that CD is just going to be sat on a shelf somewhere and never be listened to, which is, you know, I don't think is the best way to support an artist. Like there's better ways. And I want to try and show people that buy for buy is a better way of doing it. So, that's my little way of trying to like get people into it and orange pill a few people, hopefully get them, get them thinking about it. I was just about yeah. to say, it's not, it's not like the empty passenger seat tour it's the orange pill tour. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I'm loving that. Um, yeah, oh, listen, I wish you all the success. Um, thank you very much for uh, taking the time. I know it was an early morning on a Sunday to come and chat to us. So um, yeah, all the best. If there's anything we can do, just reach out and, and uh, we'll, we can, we can, we'll happily do it. So, yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you giving me the platform. So it's been fun. Thanks, Jack. That was awesome, mate. Cheers, buddy. Nice to meet you guys. Cheers.